You know, I remember I said this before with Tim, but fuck back to back nights. The Grim Reaper came in. I fought him. He was in Chicago at the time. And the next night, big Jim McKenzie. I'm going, holy fuck, this is getting tough. I was starting to question myself. And um, have have you sat on the bench there and sometimes said to yourself, what the fuck am I doing still playing this game? Or <laughs> I mean, yeah. That- I, yeah, I mean, if I got to be completely honest with yeah. you, for sure yeah. it's crossed. You said line. that eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, yeah. oh, beautiful. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. All right. Welcome, uh, Nate. Uh, it's about time we had you. Listen, I someone alerted me this morning that you were the first guy, first NHL player to tweet out our podcast, Tim and I. You were the first one. It's about fucking time we had you on, right? Really? I didn't. I didn't even yeah. know that. What a what a stat. Yeah. Well, so we appreciate my, is it, that. Is it because you're in the AHL? Is that why? Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ball Are buster! Are you saying this is an AHL podcast or what? <laughs> you're like, oh, I'll tweet it out now that I'm in the minors. <laughs> oh, you went right for it, Timmy. Anyway, Nate, um, Alaska from Anchorage. Um, We'll get back to uh, explain to me like the the atmosphere up there as far as hockey goes, like because I don't think it's known as a hockey hotbed. It is cold up there. There's no question. But uh, how's the hockey minor hockey there? And how'd you get involved in hockey back in Anchorage? Um, so I mean, it's 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 very similar to like a Canadian town, to be honest. It, it really is when you drive through it, I mean, everything's very similar to that. But I think, I mean, hockey up there is, it's not known obviously for being a, like you said, hockey hotbed, but it's, it is the most popular sport. That is number one sport up there. And, and I got into it because I went to a game, uh, the university of Alaska Anchorage, the Seawolves, um, when I was like two or three years old and I was hooked. And that's what really got me into hockey. Like, to be honest, like that was growing up like that was like kind of my NHL team like I thought those guys were the end all be all um and that's kind of what just accelerated me into hockey and and you know the minor hockey up there is uh is good you know it's growing obviously there's more teams and um you know more coaches and everything but uh you know we're we're getting some pretty good hockey players come out of there who was the first was that Gomez was he like kind of the first big name or I mean Gomer was probably I mean he Obviously, he did the best coming out of Alaska, winning two cups, rookie of the year. But um, you could go back to, um, you know, uh, Ty Conklin, uh, Brian Swanson, um, just to name a few names, uh, Ty Jones. Like, there's a few guys that played games in the NHL. Uh, Barrett Barrett Heiston, you know, those guys were all before all before Gomer. And and uh, you know, there's if you look at the list, there's actually I think there's like at least 12 guys that have played played games in the NHL that are from Alaska. So um, we've, you know, and then now we got Jeremy Swayman and um, Phoenix Copley are in the NHL now. They're both from Alaska. So it's good. Cool. So you play your minor hockey there. And, and how is it that you 
find your way to Seattle and play, end up playing junior hockey? Were you scouted? Was that something you had your eye on? You wanted to play junior hockey? Did you ever think of going off to college? Yeah, I did. I, I was actually all set on going to college. I mean, I was I was more interested in doing that because that's what I grew up watching. I grew up watching college hockey, um, and I played about one year of midget, and that's when things kind of like really escalated for me as far as getting attention. Um, when I was when we played tournaments, uh, as we call it in the lower forty eight up in Alaska, um, <laughs> yeah. we you know I would get. I was starting to get scouted by, you know, different junior teams, which was um, USHL. Um, and then in the summer, it, you know, that summer after the year of midget, um, I was, you know, planning on going to play in the USHL just to, you know, play a year or two there before I went to college. And um, Seattle was recruiting me heavily. And, and I just, I don't know, it was one of those things where it just kind of felt right. Um, you know, their, their schedule is a little more, you know, pro game schedule with more games. And, um, and it was one of those things where it just, it just, I just decided, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go play in the Western hockey league and give it a go. And this is what I want to do. And, and, you know, away I went. So that was kind of it. It was, it was always college. And then at the last second, I was like, I'm going to go play in Seattle in the dub and see how this goes. What so, college were you looking at? I was looking at mostly, mostly colleges on the West coast. Um, you know, at the time it was a WCHA. You know, it was yeah. Oh, yeah. CC Denver Duluth. Uh, I play. I used to roll in your town and beat you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saint Cloud, and then you know a couple teams. The only teams I really wanted to play for out east was either BU or BC. Those were the teams I really you know loved watching growing up. So um, yeah, those were the teams. But I, it ended up going a different route. So you go to Seattle, uh, drafted by. Uh, the bees uh, in 2003, 183rd overall. And I look at that and I'm like, fuck, you didn't even get a sniff there. I played four games, played most of those three years in, in, in Providence. What was going on there? Like who was, was Dave Lewis there the whole time or just one year? No. And I think that's probably part of it is there was such a turnover when I came out of junior played during the full lockout season in, in the, in the American league playoffs. And the next year, I think, you know, Peter Sher or no, sorry, Michael Connell was the GM. Oh, and fuck. that's when he traded, you know, jumbo. Fucking limp dick right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, that says a lot. Yeah. And, and then the next, the following year, Peter Shirelli took over and then there was, Dave Lewis was the coach. So I think in my time, there was so much turnover up there with the bees that maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but I don't know. It just wasn't my time, I guess. And then the following year, my third full year is, uh, is when they hired Claude Julien. And, you know, those, the, I think my last two years of um, last couple of years with, with the Bruins organization, I, I, I had really good camps. I was always, I think the last cut or one of the guys that I had to send down at the, you know, the last few days. But um, I knew, I think, when I got picked up by the Islanders, I remember they wanted to keep me, but they were like, we can't because of contracts. And um, I didn't get picked up by the Islanders. And they told me then they were like, you're probably going to get picked up. So it was one of those things where I wish I would have played more games with them. It just didn't work out. But I think a lot of it had to do with so much turnover they had. So that time, and then that time yeah. in – 
Providence, so in the American League. Like the last year, you had good numbers there. Not that you didn't before, yeah. but 19 goals, 20 assists. Seemed yeah. um, like you're starting to, you know, put some numbers up and play. How valuable was that time for you as far as getting you ready for the NHL? A lot of guys, listen, I remember back in my day, a lot of guys spent two, three years in the minors. They did. And yeah. not so today as much, but how valuable was that to you as far as, you, you know, a launching point for your career? It was huge. I mean, coming out of coming out of junior, I didn't really know what kind of player to be or, you know, how I had to play to have a chance to play in the NHL. And when I got to Providence, I learned from my coaches that, you know, they, you know, had my head coach at the time, Scott Gordon said, Hey, would you, do you want to play in the minors for your whole career and try and get some points? Or do you want to make a million bucks and be really good at your craft for maybe 10, 15 years? I was like, well, I mean, that's a pretty easy answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Playing the NHL. Right. And so I think, you know, my first couple of years, I really was trying to find my, my niche as a player, you know, whether it's like, like winning face-offs, killing penalties and, you know, sticking up for my teammates, you know, things like that, all those little things. And it kind of all came together uh, in my last year with Providence. We had a really good team. I think we were first in the league. Um, you know, I got to be a captain my last year and, uh, Really, I think that last year, it was like I really took a huge step because I was learning like how to be a leader at a young age. But at the same time, I still had to play my role. And um, and it really helped just, you know, I, I, that year after that last year in Providence, I was like, OK, I'm, I'm ready to play in the NHL now. I know I can do this. I think I played you in the play. I, I went joined Portland in like yes, you guys, you guys beat us. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I had nothing to do with it, but <laughs> you, you guys, had a, you guys had a tough team. You guys had like Jeremy Reach and like. McCray, yeah, we we it? did that. That was I don't think that was the last year, but that was previous year. But yeah, we had we we had some tough teams yeah. down there. We had some guys that can definitely definitely chuck them for sure. So the Islanders, you had you played Tampa, uh, the Ducks, the Sens, the Kings, the Habs, the Flyers, the Jets. <laughs> Now, 38 years old, playing the American Hockey League. But your longest stint, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, when I, you know, checked on, you know, the numbers. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, who was coaching then? And, and, like, was that the best time you had playing hockey in your career? Yeah, I would say it's right. I would say it's right up there. Um I think it's when I really kind of established myself as an NHL player, uh, kind of grew up with some of those guys like Hedman and Stamkos. And we had, you know, Marty, Vinny, that whole, the whole core group of guys was there. Um, you know, we, I had, when I got picked up off waivers there, the head coach at the time was Rick Tockett. Um, yeah. And then the new ownership took over and then they brought in Jeff Vinnick Um Stevie Y and then they hired Guy Boucher. So I had Guy Boucher for a couple of years um, and then finished with John Cooper. Uh, that's when they just hired, they just hired Coop coming in. So yeah, it was, it, it was a great time for me. I mean, it was, we had some good teams. Um, and I, like I said, I think I just kind of grew up. I like, I kind of grew up there um, and I just realized, okay, I'm, I can keep doing this for a little while. And um, it, it, it was a blast. I mean, it was, 
great place to play. And it was kind of the start of when Tampa really, when Jeff Vinnick and, you know, Stevie Y took over, it was instant credibility for the organization. And obviously you can see now the rest is history. Uh, how about Shea like? Wasn't he yeah, like a that, mental, real mental coach? Was he a psycho? Yeah, like he, everybody thinks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let Nux say it. <laughs> say this, this is the raw Knuckles podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's use the proper language here. Yeah. Well, why not? Right? Come on. I mean, he was he was a really intense guy. Like he, he, he did things before games that I've never seen a coach do, you know, like he, he would talk about these stories. I mean, I remember one time he, he, he brought in like three box, three huge boxes of potato chips and he <laughs> dumped, he dumped them on the floor and he's like, we're going to dominate the chips tonight, boys. And we're like, what the fuck is he talking about? You What's know, like, the scar like from, doesn't he have that scar? Nobody knows, and that, no, of course well, not. I, yeah. I, and I don't know. I guess it's one of those like you know mysteries. Nobody knows about what happened, but no, he he he's a good guy. He was an intense guy, um, super X's and O's. I mean, he loved the one three one, and that was yeah. when we 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 played it to a T. I mean, the first year he was coach, we ended up going to the conference finals and losing to Boston, but. Um, yeah, he was, you know, he was an intense guy. I think he's maybe one of those coaches that I think maybe, you know, you have a little bit of a shelf life when you coach like that. And yeah. when you have, when you're, when you're coaching guys like Marty, Vinny, Stammer, <laughs> you know, I don't know. They don't want to play a one, three, yeah, one. They don't care um, about the potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, but other than that, I mean, he was, he's a good guy. He worked extremely hard. I mean, I remember some time, time seeing him and he would, you know, say after a loss or something like that, the next morning he comes in, the guy looked like he, he looked like shit. Like, I was like, Jesus, guy, this guy hasn't slept all night. Like, he just loved video, maybe a little too much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, w- I would say he was a pretty intense guy. Yeah, um, that's funny. You hear the stories, right? And then everybody, thought, where to get the sky? No one ever knows, right? But <laughs> Nobody knows. So, so you had that Tampa stint, you know, move on, and um, you know Anaheim. You get out west. It's um, when you look at all those cities that you played in. If you yeah. could have played in one your whole career, which one would it have been? I would say Tampa or Anaheim. Um, yeah, <clears throat> just because I was there for so long with Tampa and. Tampa was building something um, at the time. You can we could feel it. You could see uh, when I got traded. So that was, and when I got traded, I got traded in the summertime. And and I had that was that was probably the one trade in my career where I had no clue. I had no idea it was coming. I got a call from Stevie Y on a Sunday night in the summer at like ten o'clock, and I had no idea. And I was pretty, I was pretty disappointed on that one. But at the same time, I did get traded to Anaheim, which was yeah. I was gonna say, what's, which what's is not handi- bad, What was your <laughs> handicap at? <laughs> <laughs> which is not a bad spot. Um, and I and I got lucky because we went to Anaheim. And we had unbelievable teams for the three years I was there. I mean, it still kind of stings. Like we probably we probably should have won a cup in the three years I was there because we went to the conference finals twice. And we were always, wow. I mean, one of the best teams in the league every year. And so I think that was – those two teams probably stick out the most just because um, the best – there was the best chance for me to win a Stanley Cup with those two teams. Yeah, right. 
Um, so now uh, you, you had a stint with the Ducks, the Sens, the Kings, and then you end up in Montreal. And I remember you came to Montreal. They were looking for that fourth-line guy who could mm. win face-offs, be reliable, and you're a fucking beast in the – Uncle Nate. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Nate's a beast <laughs> in the fucking playoff – in the uh, face-off circle. I mean – what were you, 55% one year, 53? I mean, those are fucking great numbers. And certainly had an impact on you being able to, I guess, have the longevity that you have, right? Because not many yeah. people can play the age of 37, 38. I don't care. Defenseman, yes. Play a little longer. But yeah. I, I truly believe when you hit 34 as a forward, man, it fucking gets – I know it did for me. I played a little different, but still, the skating pot – Man, it started getting a little bit tougher on me. The mental part of the game was getting tougher on me. How yeah, about you? I, no, you're, you're right. I mean, I think a big part, I mean, of me continuing to play is just, you know, my early 30s of basically making life choices and, and you know, changing my life and getting sober. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think when I did that, and had my, you know, last, I think it was my last year in Anaheim. And then from then on, I, I took care of my body more than I ever did. Um, I think it almost like I honed in on my craft more too, where I was more attention to detail with those things. And, and when I got to, um, when I got to Montreal, you know, I was, I think at that time, <clears throat> I was always known as like, all right, this guy's a kill penalty. So win faceoffs. You know, he will do this. He will do these things no matter what. And um, that was another city too, Nux. I mean, that was another city. When I got traded to Montreal, I was, I had that feeling like I did when I got traded to Tampa, with Tampa and Anaheim, just because it's the Montreal Canadiens. And, and it was just something like, wow, like I'm playing for this team. Like it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those teams where it's so storied and you know it's original six yeah. team and it's the montreal canadians i mean it's just it's why it was wild to me um but yeah i think with longevity i i think it was just making those life changes and then just taking care of my body taking care of myself and and, and i agree you know when i was 32 33 i was like ah in my head, I'm like, I probably got maybe a year or two left. And, <laughs> and then fucking right. then look back and now, now I'm like, holy shit, I got another five, six years in me from there, you know? So yeah, it's pretty wild to look back on it now. You still trying to chase like a Stanley cup, you know, honest question. Like, you know, you hope you get called up by a playoff team and, and all that. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons I'm doing this. Um, going into this season, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I mean, last year, playing on the flyers we had a really bad really bad year um i had shoulder surgery last year so i knew going into the summertime it was going to be tough uh, i knew that was last year didn't help me so i knew i was probably going to pto somewhere and it worked out to stay here um living here you know i already live here in the off season so i was like all right i'll try it out here and i knew there was a chance i go back down to ontario and you know play some games and um, at the same time, get to help out these young kids. You know, I mean, it's it, it's kind of nice in a way. I have a different role more than I've ever had. I almost feel like kind of a coach sometimes. Well, uh, you broke the record for like the longest PTO, right? Like, 
<laughs> I don't know. But what is the record? I, would, I don't I would, know. I just thought like a PTO turns into a contract. It's not just a PTO. But yeah, I don't know. Awesome. I don't know how I mean, that, that says something though. That is awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's it's still on my mind. I I I I don't think I would have been keep playing if I didn't give if I didn't have still have hope mm-hmm. to get back to NHL and and still have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. So yeah, that's that's still on the radar for sure. Well, I certainly I. I I hope for you that that happens and you get an opportunity because, you know, looking at it, and you, you said you went to two conference finals, yet, and I'll tell you, in my 13 years, Nate went to one conference final, the Islanders, we lost. We were up two games or nothing. We thought, oh, we got them this time, and boom, they come back and beat us four straight. And then the following year, we end up winning the Stanley Cup. And when you get there... And I, I feel so grateful that I have it because you chase yeah. it, you want it. And I came into an organization that just come off winning four and they were going through that transition. So I was part of that transition and things w- were messy for a while when mm-hmm. I came in. And then all of a sudden we get there and I got to tell you, okay, we're coming back. Not, <laughs> not so quick. And, you know, I thought the next year we'd be back. We got a strong and see you later. It, it just so, it's the most difficult trophy in sports to win. I don't care what anybody says, and um, certainly, uh, I hope it does happen for you, or you do get another sniff at it. But um, your time in Montreal, Uncle Nate, um, how cool was that to have all those young kids? You know. Uh, you, you saw when Suzuki just come, comes in, you know, just a, a baby, still is a baby, but yeah. Christ, d- d- when he came in, when did you say this kid someday is going to be, I mean, he's the captain of the Canadians now, but did, did you have any inkling that that could happen? Or do you think somebody else might've got it before him, like a Gallagher or something? No, I knew it. I knew it when he came in. Um, especially when we were playing together on a line for, you remember that beginning of the season? Yeah. I, I knew it right away just because the way his work ethic, I didn't have to tell him anything. <laughs> he was always in the right position. He was always in the right spots. Um, and he just loves the game. Like he, and he just has fun. Like, and he was, he was a young, he's never nervous. Like he was always just like joking around, having fun on the bench. Like, man, this is awesome, da-da-da-da, you know? And it was like one of those things <laughs> I was like, man, this kid has got something special. Um, and it was f- great for me. You know, everyone's like, man, I remember the beginning of the season. It was like, man, what's going on? They're getting, you know, you're you're getting a lot of points here starting the season. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'm playing with this fucking kid. That's what it is. But no one realized it at the time. You're like, I'm finally getting a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was, I think that was one of the highlights of playing in Montreal was getting to play with Nick and see him grow. And and now, I mean, I still watch him closely and we still text, obviously, you know, periodically. And, you know, because I'd have him over for dinner at the house and stuff when he was young and before he was, and he was just such a good kid. Um, but he's, he's a stud, man. Like it was, it's so much fun to watch him and see what he does. I mean, I think he's, I honestly think the his ceiling is, you know, still still going up. I mean, I think he's one of those guys. I mean, I I, I honestly think he could be like a Bergeron, you know, just the way he plays and he plays both yeah. ends of the rink and he's offensively gifted. But yeah, I mean my my time in Montreal it was awesome. I mean, we 
had some rough times there, but at the same time, it was a great group of guys, um, you know, getting to play with guys like Carey Price and Shea Weber and <clears throat> Gallagher and all those guys and, and getting to do it play in Montreal. I mean, that was a special, special yeah, place. Cool. And uh, it was really, pretty really cool. cool. Um, yeah. The, I got to ask you this and don't disappoint me, please. Have you ever <laughs> fucking looked at an iPad during a game? I think maybe <laughs> I honestly could tell you Nux in my whole career. I think I've, I count on one hand how many times I've watched the iPad. All right. And usually I'm not grabbing it. I, I you know, have, you know, there, there has been times when I literally, I will, because it's fucking confusing because I, you, you reach back for it and there's all these fucking buttons on there. You don't know which, how to rewind. And there's been times where I've grabbed it and I'm like, fuck this and i grab it i just put it right back because i'm like i'm not doing this i gotta slide down it's the like, bench now like, i don't even know how to turn this on i don't even know how to <laughs> fucking like rewind old. and fast forward and play and like i i was all for when torts came out and said <laughs> no ipads on the bench because it's like yeah i don't know i mean i don't know about with you guys but when you play it i mean you can remember what happened last shift oh, yeah and if you yeah. don't you're a fucking idiot like you should know <laughs> yeah. exactly what happened three shifts ago so yeah i I don't, I don't understand the iPad. I think it's a little much, but I guess that's the new. Yeah, new God, it's so frustrating. You know, it's funny. You hear all the old timers, and they're like, fuck, just get ready for the next shift. Fucking forget, you know, you know that's what you it. did out there. Get ready for the next one. Be alert. I don't know. I think it just gets overdone, the fucking old iPad thing. But, right, everything's oh, sure. different today, right? Yeah. Um, Suzuki, when you were his age, you know, that we're talking – who was that biggest influence on you? Like, you know, you had some influence on him. I'm sure he had his own certain values and the way he was. But who was the biggest influence on you uh, when you were coming up? I, I think, you know, I, if I go to the NHL, when I was, you know, cracked the NHL with the Islanders, it was guys like, and we had an older team. We had some veteran guys like <clears throat> Billy Guerin, Dougie Waite. Um, yeah. Richard Richard Park was another one for me because he was kind of those guy one of those guys that played that role. Um, Mike Sillinger too, he was there as well, and he was a guy. That's, all those guys were really really good to me, and and kind of told me, and I would and I would watch them. Uh, but I would one of the I want, I'd say one of the biggest influences on me as a teammate was probably Marty St. Louis. I was just gonna say, I was yeah, just gonna say that. Marty was probably the biggest influence because. Marty was so demanding as a teammate and he expected so much, but he wanted his teammates to do so well. And he was so big for me because he knew the type of player I had to be. He knew what I had to do, but he wouldn't, you know, he, he knows not to put a, a cap on guys. You know, he knew he's like, you know, there's times sometimes I would be on his line. We would, you know, the coach at the time would mix up the lines and he'd want me to make plays. He's like, Hey, I know you can fucking, play simple but if you have the puck and you can make a play make a play and uh he was huge for me and i think because marty you know marty played on the fourth line he know he that's what he had to do in the minors and as he came up like he he gets it were you uh were you like this guy's gonna be a head coach one day is like that 100 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we all knew yeah. we all knew he was gonna end up coaching just because 
fucking be in the middle of the period and Marty be up on the fucking whiteboard <laughs> telling guys where, where to go, what to do. He would just sometimes, sometimes you just take over meetings where the coach would be doing video and Marty, all of a sudden Marty's standing up and he's grabbing someone's stick and he's pointing and we're just fucking dying laughing. Like, you know, but he's just so passionate and loves the game so much. And he's, and he was, he was like, he was like a teacher when he played too. So I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think of how this all happened, right? Here he is coaching his kids, yeah. okay? And he has that connection with Gordon who brought him to the Rangers and, yep. and Hughes, an agent. And, you know, when they were talking about a new coach in Montreal, he wasn't even on the radar. And then all of a sudden his name comes up. Everybody said, what the hell? And, uh, you know, Tim and I, we've had – quite a few players from that team on there. And they, every one of them said they've never heard anything come out of a coach's mouth. Like what he said the first time he addressed the group of them. They said it was like, it was, they didn't, none of them wanted to repeat what was said, but they said it was just, it was so refreshing, so different, so new. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that's cool. I think they're in good hands. I wonder how long, um, He'll he'll last there, or they'll they'll stay with him because he'll certainly, hopefully, turn things around here in the near future. But uh, yeah, enough of the Habs. Um, who was your fa- yeah? Speaking of coaches, yeah. though, who was your favorite yeah. coach, Nate? And uh, who was your best coach? <sighs> I've been asked that a lot. And that one's tough <laughs> because I've had fuck, I've had a fucking yeah. lot of them. <laughs> Twenty so, coaches. Can't remember them all. <laughs> I yeah. know, man. I've had a lot of fucking <laughs> coaches, but I mean. I always tell guys, and I think players will say the same thing. It's like, well, who is your best coach? And every player will be like, well, who played me the most? <laughs> yeah. I think that's <laughs> – every player that has a be- like likes their coach the most like, gets the most ice time. But, um, I, I mean, I, I've had a few really good ones. You know, I really like Claude Julien. He was good. Um, uh, you know who I really enjoy? I wish I would have had longer was John Stevens. He was the head coach when I was here in, when, in L.A. And – really smart guy um super detailed but like he was he was good he had a good rapport with the players i mean those just just to name a few <clears throat> who's in anna who's anaheim's coach i had bruce for and bruce i forgot bruce was great too i oh, had bruce yeah. for two years and then randy carlisle bruce, there week. it is bruce bruce there it is yeah. <laughs> bruce and bruce is a great guy awesome guy and just you know there's a reason why players play hard for him he's any he, he it's cares, so funny so. when you look at bruce uh, Bruce Boudreau. Yeah. He looks like he was a fucking mailman, not a hockey player. Like, <laughs> no. Or a firefighter or something. This fucking yeah. guy played hockey. And I, when yeah, I came up. a good one, too. Yeah. When I come up, he was getting 100 points a year, 90 points a yeah. year in, in the American wow. Hockey League. And imagine he could never stick and stay with Toronto. I didn't get it because they sucked, the Leafs. And here's a guy yeah. who could put numbers up. And he was just like, they just buried him down there um yeah so 38 years old chasing it um how difficult is it up here because i and i mentioned this earlier but god it got tough on me and i was fighting right i was fighting a lot and i fought to the end but i knew in my head i'm going the the thing you hear about the dreaded half step right i'm losing that mm-hmm. half step and i i I know other people could probably see it, but you can't, I couldn't own up to it. I'm like, fuck, I can't come on. 
it was in my head though. I said, fuck, I used to be able to get there quicker than that. You know, I remember I said this before with Tim, but fuck back to back nights, the grim reaper came in. I fought him. He was in Chicago at the time. And the next night, big Jim McKenzie. And I'm going, Holy fuck, this is getting tough. I was starting to question myself. And, um, have, have you sat on the bench there and sometimes said to yourself, what the fuck am I doing still playing this game? Or <laughs> I mean, that- yeah. I, yeah, I mean, if I got to be completely honest with yeah. you, for sure yeah. it's crossed. You said that eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Tim. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's for sure crossed my mind. I mean, I think – you know, you play in the NHL for as long as I did, and then you play in the American League the next year. It's a huge difference uh, on and off the ice. So, yeah, it's definitely crossed my mind. But at the same time, I, I think my hope of playing the NHL and whatever could happen, you know, say what is the trade deadline on March 3rd, um, that's higher up than, you know, where my head's going, uh, whether it's to not play or not anymore. And, and right now, I, and I think the biggest thing is I, I'm, I still love the game. I still enjoy it. Like I still like going to practice. I still, you know, like being around the guys. You know, Brent the games. Grant. I still, I, I still love all that. So, yeah. yeah, there are times when I'm like, "Fuck, like this sucks." Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the positives outweigh the negatives for me still, which is good. What is the big? What's what would you say the biggest difference is? I mean, like is this younger the league, like from the time you first came in the league and and now? It's way younger, that's for sure. Um, less physical, less fighting. Uh, the schedule is much easier than it was, I and mean, we, we we don't play any three and threes, and that was like a fucking staple when I played the money. <laughs> oh yeah. Three, oh, yeah. three and threes. That third game, you'd be like no hitting. You'd have like an agreement <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. the other team. You're like no hitting. <laughs> Sunday afternoon game at four. You're just like, I just want to get out of here, go to the fucking bar, watch football, and get out of this ice, you know? Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's just so young, and I think it's just the, the American League is a little bit more um, all over the place. You know, guys aren't really in position where it almost looks faster sometimes because guys are going so fast out there where the NHL, I think it's like more controlled, you know, guys are in the right position, guys know where to be. And it's almost sometimes a, a, a lot of guys and I told that to a few guys this year and they were like, yeah, it is for sure. It's, it's almost easier to play up in the NHL. Than it is down here. Cause you know, you know where guys are going to be, mm-hmm. you know, guys are in a position where in the American league, sometimes guys are all over the map. So I, I think that would be the biggest difference for me for sure. So, Nate, um, with the rain now, um, thinking when you look back over your career and um, when you do step away from the game, are you looking to maybe stay in the game in some capacity or are you, um, you know, possibly going a different direction? No, I'll stay in the game for sure. Um there's definitely some things that I'd want to do after hockey that I've looked at already, but there's, yeah, there's no question. I'll stay in the game. I, I don't see myself doing anything else. It's what I've been doing my whole life. And it's something I still enjoy. It's something I'll still enjoy when I'm done playing. So I'll be for sure in hockey still. All right. Well, 
talking about hockey and old time hockey, I look back in uh, my career and, you know, my career, my, my life has been well documented as far as addiction, alcoholism. Um, in the eighties was a, you know, God, big time. Everybody drank in the NHL. You went to lunch, everybody, everybody drank. Uh, and you've been pretty open about, um, certainly your, your battles with addiction and alcoholism. Um, you know, the impact that it's had on your life now, but the, wh what do you think? Could you think things could have been different if that was out of your life? I often thought of that when I played, if I didn't drink, could I have played longer? Could I have been a better player? Um, and, and what made you, what prompted you to, um, put, you know, open that door to sobriety? I think it was a series of things. I think it kind of, it was, uh, there was a progression from the time. I think you know, I go back to junior days all the way till when I got sober at my, in my time. And I think I was in, yeah, I was in Anaheim and, you know, I had a couple serious surgeries, uh, back to back years when I was in Anaheim and, you know, things were not going well for me, um, off the ice. And I had to take a look in the mirror and realize, man, I, get, I need to make some changes. And when I did that, and, and, and honestly, I think if I did it, I, I wouldn't be talking to you about playing till I was 38 years old. <laughs> yeah, no, right? fuck, no fucking way. No chance. Yeah. Um, You'd be in a jail cell. Would you interview me? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, who the fuck knows? <laughs> Back in Alaska, working on an oil rig or something. I don't know. Who mm -hmm. knows, man? Um, but yeah, I, I think when I, I just, I just got to a point where I was just so desperate and tired, and like, man, I can't keep this lifestyle up anymore. And and obviously, <clears throat> things off the ice weren't going well for me either. So it was just. I had to make a change and obviously I had, I had other people come to me as well. Um, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Did, did, yeah. did anybody like, like come to you and, and kind of prompt you and say, Hey, Nate, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I, numerous people. I, I remember even, I remember even uh, when I was Anaheim, Ryan Getzlaff and I never usually had teammates. I mean, come up to you to talk about that kind of stuff, but he was a captain. He's a good guy. We had a great relationship and he kind of came up to me one time. I remember, I remember this still this day because it was, it was like profound. And he said to me, Hey, uh, Nate, are you okay, man? Like, do you need, you know, what's going on? Do you want to talk? Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if you're gonna, you know, you just, you look like shit basically, <laughs> tell me, you know, basically. And I was like, <laughs> Of course, I, I'm, I'm good, Getsy. I'm good. I'll, I'll be all right. I appreciate you talking, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I'll never forget that. Uh -huh. um, I think that was one of those profound moments when the guy like that comes up to you and is like, hey, uh, is everything all right? So, Well, it's uh, pretty. It's really impressive that you're doing this and still playing, to be honest. Because, I, I mean, did you think at first, were you like, how am I going to do this and still play? Because, I mean, they go kind of go hand in hand, right? Like, oh, that for life sure. Stuff, right? I was actually like, I was scared shitless. Mm -hmm. I was like, I remember in the first year or even the first like, you know, 30, 60 days I was like doing it. I was like, fuck, this is, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. And 
you know, luckily I had some great people around me, learned a lot on how to handle those situations and it just got better. And I think too, I, I mean, I'm biased, but hockey guys are so fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. so, so like every team I've been on guys are so supportive and I think that helped a ton. I remember when I came back to the team cause I was out with injury and I was getting sober at the time and had a conversation with some of my teammates about it. And man, they were fucking, they were so supportive of me every time we had a team party or we're on the plane, you know, guys are like, Hey, get this guy a sparkling water. You except know, like, Kolchuk, he was like, Hey, come on, just have one. Except, right? except Kobe. But <laughs> they I don't have addicts in Russia. They don't I have any. Yeah, no. like... no. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that was the biggest thing. It was just, I think teammates were so supportive and that, that helped a lot. Yeah, that's right. Tim, uh, Russia, Kolchuk. Yeah, no, no, they don't have like blocking. depression or anything. They don't have no, mental I, health in Russia. Well, like it's funny just, too because like Kobe, because Kobe, I remember and you played with him right in Atlanta, right? Yeah, him just so briefly. Yeah, he's a great. Yeah, I love him. He's awesome. Great guy, but he, he didn't really. I remember that he would, when I was in Montreal with him, or even L.A. too. Mm. He didn't really understand. Like <laughs> he was like Tomer, like come on, you just come on. You have have just a couple Bud <laughs> Lights, Tomer, just, just two sip. Bud Lights, and then yeah, it's pretty bad. But it's funny though, and he'd be like. Tommy, you come to Moscow this summer. Right? We need four days. All we need is four <laughs> days. That's it. I'm like, Kobe, I can't, man. Yeah. And I remember when I did that piece with Christine Simpson on Sportsnet. And it, yeah. we, 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 we had practice the next day. And he came you up to Mont- me. Goes, Were you in Montreal then? Right. I, was in, yeah. I was in Montreal. Yeah. I was in right. Montreal. And, and Kobe came it. up to me in the changer the next day. And he goes, Tommy. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know it was like that. I didn't know. He's watching it, that whole thing. And he's like, he can't. He can't drink. Yeah, so, he basically he's, came, like, he's like, I'm he's sorry. Just, he just kept apologizing on top. He's like, I can't believe I kept coming at you. Like that. Yeah, and you're like you said, he didn't know. And he didn't know. Right. He yeah. didn't know. I mean, like I said, I think it's a culture thing being from Russia. You know, I think they probably start drinking vodka when they're eight years old. So. Yeah. <laughs> So the three of us, we have uh, some things in common, uh, you know, NHL players. Uh, yep. We're in the same American club. heroes. We're American heroes. Yeah, yeah. And it, we're <laughs> American right. heroes. We all played for our country, which is awesome. Canada Cup, yep. I never played World Championship because I was never out of the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Fair okay. Uh, uh, I would have actually one year I had an opportunity, but I was hurt. Badger Bob loved me. I love Badger Bob. He gave me an opportunity to play for Team USA, and it was awesome to play for your country. Here I'm like, you know, I was frig, I was a slugger. I fought, you know, I played the game, but to play for your country was such a big thing for me because I just, I never envisioned that. And I tried 1980, I tried out for that Olympic team. Um, Obviously, they made the right choices, but I was bummed out. I didn't get a a bigger sniff than I got. I didn't realize the politics of it. But when I got that opportunity, it was awesome to play for my country. Canada Cup was huge. You two were teammates, Team USA. How was that? Like, you know, going over there and yeah, it wasn't gold, but you won a medal as a group. How was that? Well, I, per, I was I was proud until your comment because I realized I played on three world championship teams. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, I never played." I was on a lot of losing, like losing teams. No, but go ahead, Nate. It was obviously a proud moment for me. But well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was awesome. I mean, uh, 
and to be honest, like I had only played on U.S. teams when I was like, you know, 16, 17. And then I didn't make World Juniors. Um, so for that, you know, going to World Championships mm-hmm. was huge for me. I mean, to play with other NHL guys, but like to represent your country. And I think, you know, I got to be an assistant captain on the team. And it was just like, it was incredible. I mean, it was a great experience. Um, and to win bronze, I mean, I don't care what, you know, tournament or whatever, you're playing for your country and mm-hmm. at that level and you win a medal, it's fucking cool. So, I mean, that right. that was my experience and something I'll definitely never forget and, you know, nice to have on the resume for sure. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. There's something about putting on the USA jersey, you know, and, and it is like the world championship, you know, it's the biggest tournament outside, like until the Olympics happen, right? Like they, I mean, it was, it's not like it was just some like, you know, charity event. It was actually, you know, it's, it's a big, big stage. And I agree. I, I think that's one of my greatest memories because clearly I was on a lot of losing teams according to Nux, but we did win a bronze and, and, uh, no, I was always awesome. I, it's always I remember that like yesterday. It was a good time and fun to play with you for sure. Yeah, we had we had, we definitely had a good time. That's for sure. I would say we definitely had a good time with that tournament. <laughs> no short of we won time. a gold off the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> oh. So, looking at it now, Nate, you Ontario Rain. Um, you do have a baby on the way, right? I do. Yeah, uh, baby girl. Yeah. Yep. Baby girl on the way. Yeah, that video, by the way. Sorry, Nux. That video was awesome. Go right your ahead. daughter getting citizenship. Oh, right? yeah. No, that was yeah. really cool. That was yes. really cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. my girlfriend's Canadian, and she just got her citizenship um, yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. But, yeah, she's wow. she's from Vancouver. So, yeah, she got her citizenship finally. So I was giving her a hard time. I'm like, welcome to the welcome <laughs> Yeah, to the dancing. Side. That was funny. I was laughing. <laughs> Anyways. And so you I do thought. have a son from your first child. I have your a son, first yeah. marriage. He's, Sorry. Yep. He's, um, he's how old seven. is he now? Seven. He's seven years old. Yeah. He'll be he'll be eight in May. So um yeah, he lives in Minnesota, but he comes here, he visits. Um uh and yeah, he'll be here born obviously in the summer, not in season. So and then my girlfriend has a nine year old daughter, so it's kinda like a blended family right now, and now we have a little girl in the cool. way. So it's it's cool. exciting. So, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is if you were to get a offer to play hockey in Europe somewhere, would you pick up and go? I don't know. That's what's going I on, could, right? I, could, I, uh, I couldn't answer. Go to Moscow. What about Moscow? <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> Moscow. If we're, if we're going like Switzerland, I don't know. We 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 would talk about it, and 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 her and I have had a conversation because she's like, she's like, I fucking love to live in Switzerland. So right? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I but. didn't even think about that now because you yeah. still got that whole European career. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got 10 right? more years, buddy. Sorry. Whole European career. <laughs> you know what's funny too is like I've, t- I've had conversations even with my mom about this. And my mom the other day, I remember I was like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how, what happens after this season. Like I'm not sure. This might be it. I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, this might be You're it. You're not She's yeah. like, no, you're not. She's like, you're going until you're 40. I'm like, what? So I'm like, come on. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks, mom. And I, I, I say that because, you know, the end of my career, I had an opportunity to go to Balzano. And I oh, wow. mulled it over, and I'm like, God, I got 
I had three kids. Man, I, mean, I don't want to drag everybody over. You know, it was mm-hmm. just, and I, I didn't take it, but it, I kicked myself in the ass because I, God, I would have loved, like you said, Switzerland, Bolzano's up in the mountains, northern Italy. Like, yeah. come on. So it was yeah. like, I, I passed on it, and I, when, looking back, I, I wish, I wish I had, had gone at least tried it. Yeah, like I, I would, I, I would be open to it. If, if any of you Swiss scouts are watching this, know that I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not closed yeah. off to it. You should, be, you should, be, you should, your shirt should be off right now. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> We're big in Europe. There should be right, a room behind you. You know, like, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. So, Timothy, you got anything else, Tim? You come on. Scr- no, scratch I mean, the I, brain. Yeah, no, I. Uh, what do I want to ask you? I mean, we can edit this, so you know, like, good to pause. But I'm trying to think. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. Yeah, that's good. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Solid you, question, Snips. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you joined the Jets, you wore. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, there you go. Number eleven. Yep, that's what See? I wanted to ask you, Jim. You're I, I was telling you to scratch that's, your brain. I know, I know. You're go right. Go ahead. That's, you that's, ask that's, it then. Thank you. you no, I just wanted to get into that. I mean, yeah, like, what was your time in Winnipeg like? I mean, you know, as far as when I was there, it was just I, you know, going from Atlanta to Winnipeg. Obviously, the fans. I mean, they're pretty passionate there. And, and, yeah, and go ahead. It kind of it kind of sucks because I was there during the during the shortened COVID season and we had no fans. So I, it was, I mean, I love, I liked playing there. It was a tough year because it was a COVID season. So we were getting tested every day. Everything was shut down. Everything was closed. So it was only going from home to the rink and back home. And that was it. So, and you know, playing in that North division, only playing Canadian teams. So it was tough, uh, but it was fun. We had a great, we had, you know, as you know, you play with some of those guys there, mm-hmm. play with wheels and Shife and those guys. And there it's a good group of guys there. Uh, we had a real good team, um, but it's that was the one place I'm like, fuck, like God, man, to have fans from this this on this team because I remember even when we, I think we beat we beat Edmonton in the first round, game four, we won a triple overtime, and the game ended at like fuck, it was like two o'clock, two thirty in the morning or something like that, and I didn't get mm-hmm. out of the ring till three 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 thirty that night, and there was cars wrapped around. MTS Center, still at three o'clock in the morning, honking their horn, like people like waving flags as we're pulling out, and I'm like, fuck, like this place would erupted if we would have had fans and you know and won that game. So I enjoyed it. Obviously, it was a weird year with COVID, but um, you know, I, I think, in my opinion, I think every player should experience playing in Canada. I, I think it's just, and I'm sure you guys agree. I mean, there's nothing like it there's you get to play in front of uh, fans like that and how passionate they are. I, I don't think there's no offense to any other teams, but it's just, it's second. Well, what is the difference in the fan bases when oh. you talk about Canada? You played in Montreal, you played in Winnipeg and you know, what I, I guess, which is the city that was closest to those can in, in the U S as far as that rabid fan base, you know, uh, Winnipeg. I would Montreal. say the closest would be would be Philly. Philly would Philly. be probably the closest, and and the places thought. that I played, yeah, probably Philly. That'd be the closest because they're just they love all their sports teams, and they want yeah. them all to do well. And if you're not doing well, they're going to let you know. Um, 
So I think so Philly- Tampa and Montreal fans weren't similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different. <laughs> Actually that Winnipeg question I was going to ask, uh, was not the one Tim was going to ask. I was going to ask you elected to wear number 11 tribute yeah. to Rick Rippon. Did you know him? Uh, and Rick Rippon who died, uh, by suicide. Um, did you know him? And, and was that just a, you, yeah. Why the 11 and why Rick Rippon? Um, I didn't, I didn't know him. I played against him for a long time. I played against him even in junior. Um, I didn't know him, but when I got to Winnipeg, the, you know, they gave me a bunch of different numbers, the equipment guy. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking his name right now. Uh, a master. My, my, Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we talked on the phone and he gave me the list of numbers and, and he actually said, he's like, to me, he's like, Hey, 11's available, but we never give it out obviously because of rip. He's like, but if there was a guy that could wear it in his place, you should wear it. And I was like, are you sure? Like, and so they wanted me to, so I, I, I chose 11. I wore 11 when I was in the minors in Providence and, but it was, uh, obviously a lot more profound to wear it in Winnipeg just because I was wearing it in Rick Rippon's honor. And, um, I think they even reached out to like his family and, uh, other guys and, and they were okay with it. Um, and, uh, and on top of that, I was doing stuff for, you know, Rick Rippon's foundation while I was in Winnipeg as well. So, um, it was a cool thing. It was, a, it was an honor to be able to wear that number in his, you know, in his honor and, and to be able to represent him hopefully in a good way. Wow. That's awesome. That yeah. Is right? awesome man. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Think, it was about, impressive. think about like, yeah, like the decision you made for yourself and then, you know, fast forward here, you are uh, in a position like that. Um, real quick, the dirty thirties, that, that was a nickname to your line. What was that? I don't know. I got this on here. Dirty. You got a nickname, the Dirty Thirties. Is that the a Dirty Thirties? Your, your, your line. Oh, in Winnipeg. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Me, Trevor Lewis, and Matthew Parole. Yeah. I think we had a combined like over like they had like over two thousand, two three thousand games or something. Like that. <laughs> um, but we were a good line. Yeah. We uh, we all obviously you know you you know who you are as a player. Uh, you know, I played with Louie in L.A., so there was familiarity with him. And then, um, yeah, when, when Paul put us together, it was kind of like instant uh, chemistry, and we, and we played really well together. I wish Paul would have played us a little bit more, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> He's not one of your favorite coaches. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come up to late in the conversation. The <laughs> All right, yeah. so you brought up. Philadelphia, uh, and you play with Ivan Provorov. Um, do you, when you saw what went on there, do you, do you believe he deserved the backlash he got just because he didn't participate in the warm-ups? And I'm going to ask you, if you were there, how would you have handled that? Oh, fuck. That's a fucking <laughs> that's a tough one. Nice. Kabow! Um, now, listen. Listen. Here's the deal. This is taped. We can take anything out you want. Like, yeah. Like like so, my thirty second pause I just had. We're gonna take that out. So don't, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I think you know. In my opinion, I think my take on it is is, and I know Proby is like fuck Proby. You wear the jersey for fucking fifteen minutes. 
Um, I think I understand where he's coming from. I, I get it. He's it's his religion. He's passionate about that. He has a firm stand on it. Um, yeah, but should should people? I don't know. I mean, should people like be berating him? No. I mean, it's it's his choice, and that's that's a right we have in the U.S. Right? We have a right to freedom of speech and religion. That's those are the two big things, right? And you're allowed to do that. So, um, the thing that I think the only thing I don't mind what he did, but it's it to me, it's just the the part that's a sticky situation is is the team aspect of it. It's you know you're kind of ruffling some some feathers within the team um and who knows maybe they i'm sure they had conversations about it behind closed doors and and talked it out but you know i i know scott lawton really well and and james van reemsdyke and they're super involved in it and yeah i mean that's a tough one just because you know it's it's just that's that's the part for me that i didn't like is the team aspect of it uh, is we you know we're always taught to no matter what you support your teammates even if yeah. you don't like it you support your teammates and to me that's not really supporting your teammate uh dude you know scott lott and james and music are super involved in that stuff and yeah what uh, i liked was the way torts handled it because yeah. yeah he went back to when he said if anybody kneels or uh, kneels during the national anthem then they're not going to play. They won't get off the bench. And when this happened, they readdressed that. And he said, you know what? I was wrong when I said that. Yes. Yes. Which for me was really big of John Tortorella to come out and, and, and say what he said. So as much bad uh, comes from it or people think it was a bad thing. I, I, I'm, I was happy the way Torts dealt with it. There's no question. I, I agree. I thought towards Santa they're great because, and I think too, you have to, and you gotta, you gotta back your teammate, you know, no matter what. And I think, or back your players and towards did that. Yeah, I think he did a great job of that. All right. Um, our partner, Barry, uh, Tim and I, our partner is Jewish. And we're curious, uh, you actually converted to Judaism. Yeah. And we're just wondering if uh, you are still Jewish and is this just a way for you to get into the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm bad. No. But you converted to be married yeah. through marriage and then um, you're no longer married. Are you? Did you just do it to get married? Uh, be honest, yeah. I mean, we went when I, when I to have a full Jewish wedding, I had to convert, and um, yeah, so I, I converted to Judaism for that for sure. Um, and then you quit. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, that's amazing. I don't, know, I, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. And it's no, it's no offense to the Judaism, but I, I honestly think it's an like. They they do things right. Jewish people yeah. do things oh, yeah. right. They, they do, do it right in a lot of ways. Parties, eating, everything. Their family. It's very family oriented, and, and that's one of the reasons I was like, yeah, I'll definitely convert because it's so family oriented. Um, so, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I am or I don't know how that works. If I, you know, <laughs> cut off by association now or because I'm not associated. <laughs> I don't know the rules. <laughs> I tell you one thing. Barry's happy what you're saying right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can come on anytime, man. You're, right. you're, you're going to be like, the, I'm, I just lost my job. <laughs> like, yeah, well, my like, I, I, I did learn, too, that my Hebrew name was uh, Natan. And the guy, yeah, Natan. And when I was in LA, that's when I obviously got, they got married then and all that bunch of guys came to the wedding and they, they had a field day with that. So some guys still call me Natan. Natan. (laughs) My Hebrew name. Yeah. Who was your coach in LA? Who was your coach in LA? I had John Stevens and then Willie Desjardins. Never mind. Now your former father-in-law, what's his name again? Ted. Ted. Jesus. There it is, Tim. Tim and I were trying Teddy. to remember. We couldn't for the life of us. We were. Yeah. Teddy. Uh, Teddy. I love him. Teddy's awesome. Um, yeah. We uh, always do this and we're going to start. We do a little lightning round, Nate. One or the other. Okay. So I'm going to start it off and then Tim's going to ask you one. Okay. They're just okay. quickies. Baseball cap or yamaka? <laughs> 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 baseball cap okay got you Good. you're not you're not you barry's barry's off the show now he's like he's done with you come on tim he's let's like, go fuck this guy okay. uh spitting chiclets or raw knuckles raw knuckles <laughs> <laughs> all right vegan or carnivore carnivore all day there we go philly fans or montreal fans oh fuck uh I'll go Montreal fans. <clears throat> yes. Starbucks or Dunkins? <sighs> Starbucks. S- sorry, Nux. Mm, Buckies. Anchorage That's or okay. Malibu? Are you in Malibu? No. Uh, <laughs> Anchorage or not- Malibu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll pick. Uh, I'll pick Malibu. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Um, Ice cream or frozen yogurt? Ice cream. I'm, 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 all right, you're done, Tim. I know. I know. You're done. <laughs> Is that it? That's, right. that's all he's I'm got. I'm working overtime no. here, Nux. Come no. on. <laughs> <laughs> At the sushi bar. <laughs> I just call it salmon a bar. or tuna. Salmon. Ooh. Yeah. There's an Alaskan right there. Do you like yep. this? Do you like the nigiri or the? Uh, Sashimi. You like the rice underneath or the both? Both. Okay. Yeah, I think both. both. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat. I'll eat salmon in any way. Yeah. All right. Golf or fishing? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, that's hard. Um, shit. I don't know. That one's like that's a fifty-fifty. Ah, no 50-50s. You got no 50-50s, huh? No. All right, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll go golf. Right. Wow. What about golf or hunting? Are you a hunter? Not a long time ago. I'll, I'll still say golf. Okay. Natan or Nate? <laughs> <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Nate. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nate. Hey, Nate, I want to thank you for joining yeah. us today. Awesome uh, to have you. I hope no uh, you get another kick at it. Um, you're hanging in there, and uh, hopefully, um, come bef- 
trade deadline, maybe you get a shot somewhere. Who knows? I, I hope for you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Nate. I love you, man. I'm always rooting for you. Always rooting for you. As most of you know, I'm a dog person. I have a St. Bernard. Her name is Adele. Why do I feed Adele formula raw? Because I love her. I want to provide her with a healthy, well-balanced, locally sourced diet. A diet that consists of meat, chicken, fish, mixed with fruits and vegetables that her 140 pounds requires. I also feed her formula raw because it helps her overall energy, it helps her with allergies, and helps strengthen her overall immune system. Dimitri and Nick at Formula Raw have worked tirelessly over the last 10 years to perfect their recipe, and they've got it because you know how I know? Adele loves it. She never, never misses a meal, and she's a healthy, big, beautiful St. Bernard. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend.